0: Amen. I appreciate those songs. I'm thankful. I understood every one of them, most, mainly, but I'm, I'm thankful um, God's message and song can help our heart. And I'm thankful. Listen, I'm thankful I know him, but more importantly, I'm thankful he knows me. And before I even knew him, he knew me, I'm thankful for that. And if it were not for grace, we'd all be lost. I wouldn't be standing here today, and I'm thankful for that. And there is power in one name, and that name is Jesus. So I'm thankful all those flowed together. I don't know if they planned that or not, but all of them went together pretty good, Brother Tim. But I am I am nervous this morning. Now, Brother Tim said, just cut it out. But I'm telling you, I feel like a, a man in a women's pocketbook store. I don't belong here, Brother Josh, is what I feel like. And I'm honored to be here, and I'm humbled to be here. But I love you. And I, I don't, you say, Brother Brandon, you don't even know us. No, but I know some of you. Uh, but I tell you, God's put a heart in my heart for young people. It's what He's called me to do. It's all I know how to do. And I know it's a teen revival. And if you're here today and you're not a young people, I love you too. But. And uh, I appreciate you being here this morning, but uh, my crowd, I appreciate them coming. They make me more nervous, Brother Tim, but I, they've, they've heard this before not too long ago. Some of them have. And I told Brother Wayne in the parking lot, I said, I tried. I fought the Lord about 9 o'clock last night. I said, Lord, I, I've already preached this before, and I don't think this is where we need to go. And about 11 o'clock, I was, I was ready to go to bed, so I finally just said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. And uh, I've been studying in my personal life, Brother Tim, on one words in the Bible, Our young people pick on me. They say, Brother Brandon, you're preaching on one word tonight. You're going to preach on two words. But I believe sometimes we take God's scripture and we read through it so fast we don't get anything, Brother Caleb. We don't get anything, Brother Josh. We just read over it and we go through it. It doesn't help our life. But I believe we'll stop and we'll circle some words in in God's word, some powerful words. God will speak to us. And it's amazing. I can take a copy of a book. I didn't read a whole lot in high school. I liked the front of the book and the back cover and tried to figure out what was in the middle. Ms. Leah, everything else just kind of went together and made it up. But, and, and God's Word is not like that. You can read a book and just pretty much cut and dry. It's one interpretation. It's what it is. You read God's Word, and I'm thankful all of us can read the same passage of Scripture and God can speak to your heart in a different way. In the right Bible, and, then not, and I'm not talking about some weird translation and some other kind of hogwash. I'm talking about when God really literally lifts his words office page, and I want you to listen to me today, and and no doubt you've heard this word before, but I believe where God wants us to be today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Luke chapter number 22, Luke chapter 22, and it's a very odd place to find ourselves in a teen revival or a teen meeting in the book of Luke chapter number 22, but I believe it's exactly where God wants us to be this morning with his help. I'm going to try to be encouragement to you, then I'll get out of the way. And I am looking forward tonight. And I do appreciate Faith Community Baptist Church Day at Woodland Baptist Church. But I'd like to say I appreciate the Woodland Baptist Church as well. And uh, I'm thankful our hearts can, jo- I love your brother Jonathan, brother Tim, and our youth groups just doing stuff together. Thankful we headed to the same place, the same purpose, and the same motive. And I'm thankful for that and thankful for being a part of this. Luke chapter number 22. If you found your place, I'm going to ask you, if you will, just real quickly to stand for the reading of God's word, verse number 39. Kind of an odd place here, Jesus, if you have a Schofield Bible, as I do. I know your pastor does as well, 1108, but it's kind of a weird heading. Above this in my Bible, it says, Jesus in the garden. He said, Brother Brandon, we're at a youth meeting on a Monday or Tuesday morning, and the Garden of Gethsemane is not very common text taken for a youth meeting, but I believe I'm going to honor the Lord this morning. It's where we need to be. And that's what matters. So verse number 39 of Luke 22, look at your Bible. The Bible said, and he, speaking of Jesus, and he came out and he went as he walked to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and he prayed. Verse 42, notice saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not as my will but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, verse 44, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. when he rose up from prayer, he was come to his disciples. He found them sleeping for sorrow. Notice 46, our last verse in 46. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye, rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation." Lord, I thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here. God, I'm humbled, and God, I'm honored to be here. And Lord, I pray this the next few minutes, God, that, God, we wouldn't worry about who's here, God, who's not here. God, we wouldn't worry about anything else going on. Lord, I pray, God, you touch every aspect of the service, the sound system. God, thank you for the music. God, how it's prepared my heart, God, to be here. Thank you, God, for the harmony in this church. And God, the liberty here this morning, I pray you'd use this for a minute to help encourage not only these young people, God, but everyone here in attendance this morning. Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. In your name I pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Luke chapter number 22, we've read this account. Most of the time we, we deal with this at, 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 uh, at our church. We did an Easter drama and a Christmas drama, uh, both portraying what's happening here in Jesus. Our Lord is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I begin to think about and begin to read these verses, and I, as I practice in my personal life, just to slow down and read these verses. And I got to verse 42, and man, a word, but the Tim stuck out to me like a dagger in my heart. I underlined it and I didn't preach it right away. I just, every time I'd look through this, I'd go back and I'd look at that word, and I'd begin to think about what it meant to me, what it meant by definition, what it meant to our Lord, and what he was saying here in verse 42. But notice it says, "Faith saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. And notice the next word. And if you make a habit of underlining in your Bible, I encourage you to. But the Bible said, nevertheless. Our Savior said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I want you to understand something this morning before we go forward. A lot of people look at this and say, well, Jesus was trying to get out of dying on the cross. That's not at all what he was trying to say here. I'm thankful he was 100% man. He was 100% God, and he knew the agony he was fixing to face. I believe he could feel it. I believe he knew from eternity past what was going to have to happen the Caleb, he did not, he was not looking forward humanly to going through beating, being beat beyond recognition, being his hair plucked out. I and mean, you know the account there and at Galgotha, and how that was humiliating to hang there with no clothes on and just be humiliated like a piece of meat on a steak this morning, not to be gruesome, but that's exactly what it was. And he said, "Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done." I began to look at that word and I looked it up because listen, I, I listened. I felt like I know you're pastor like Superman. I felt like Clark Kent this morning, an hour ago, I was selling tires. And King, I stepped in the phone booth, and here I am. And uh, I'm going to go back in a little bit. So If you need something, I'll be back there after lunch. But I began to think about that, and I began to think about this, this definition. I said all that. I'm not very uh, intellectually smart at all, but I can read, and I know how to use a computer a little bit, and I looked it up, Brother, Brother Brian, and that word, nevertheless, by definition, it means this. In spite of, even so, still, though be as it may, despite that, come what may, at any rate, regardless, anyhow, Or I believe our Savior that day was saying, Lord, this is my prayer, but nevertheless, I'll go. Nevertheless, I'll I'll, I'll be willing to die on the cross. And I sure am glad that he said that. I sure am glad that he didn't change his mind there in that prayer. And I'm glad he didn't say, I'm going to go home, because if it had been Brother Brandon, I promise you, if your salvation was based on me, you'd still be dying lost today because when I realized what was coming, it took me one crucifixion to watch what happened, and I'd have said, I don't want no part of that. But I'm thankfully new. But yet he was willing to say, nevertheless, come what may, at any rate, regardless, anyhow, or any way, I'll go. Now, I want to look at that word this morning, and I want to focus on it this morning, and that word of nevertheless, by what our Savior is saying here, and I want to preach an application on nevertheless, I'll serve you. Nevertheless, I'll serve you. I believe it inspired my heart when I began to read this and notice what he was pouring into this word and what all that word meant and what all that, enti- what all that brought upon him, the Tim, and that one word of saying, nevertheless, I'll go. I began to think about that definition, and I wrote this down, and I, I circled it in my own life. If I'm ever going to be anything for the Lord, young people or older people alike, if you're ever going to be anything for the Lord, there is some some areas, excuse me, in my life where I must be willing to say, nevertheless, I'll serve you. And if we don't ever get to that point, Brother Josh, we're never going to be effective for the Lord. Say, Brother Brandon, I want to be a Christian. I want to do right. I want to come to church and all that's right. Listen, you ought to come to church whether you want to or not just because it's the right place to be. Get in a church. Get in this church. Wherever you go to church, get in a church and stay in the church. But I'm telling you, if you really want your life to matter for Christ, if you really want to be here 40 and 50 years from now and what's going to take is you sticking in God and sticking, there's going to have to be some areas that you say, nevertheless, I'm willing to serve you, come what may. And I want to use this this morning as one of the first definitions that Webster gives us, that three-letter phrase, in spite of. There's some things in our life, that, if we're going to serve Christ, if we're going to be willing, as our Savior said, nevertheless, come what may, there's going to be some areas that I'm going to have to say, Brother Brian, in spite of this, I'll still serve you. And if you'll listen this morning, I'll preach fast. I promise you I will. And we'll go, we'll go eat or go home, whatever you want to do. Go sell tires, whatever you feel like you need to do today. But I think about this. I thought about, first of all, in our nation and in our, in our youth groups and our churches, and you look back, and I'm thankful I go to a good church, thankful I got a great pastor, thankful you got a great pastor. But all of our churches, if we were honest today, we're suffering, we're suffering in some area, we're struggling in some area, and we know our nation is struggling Ms. Jennifer, in a lot of areas in our life, say, Brother Brandon, why are we seeing what we're seeing? Because somebody, somewhere in some youth group, Brother Josh, is not willing to say, nevertheless, I'll serve you. Sometime in past, and not just generations before, but in my generation, sometime or the other, and I've been guilty of not willing to say, you know what? I'm going to face this, Lord, and I'd rather just not go through this, so I'm just going to slide back off the scene. I'm not going to stand for you. I'm not going to live for you. I'm just going to be a Christian and be a young person that's just happy that I'm going to heaven, and I'm happy you are too, but I'm telling you, if we're going to fix the mess that we're in, if we're going to help our churches, if we're going to have to have some young people and some preachers that's willing to say, and some singers and some Sunday school teachers that's willing to say, in spite of everything, I'll serve you. I wrote this down, number one, in spite of persecution, I'll serve you. If you're going to be a young person, if you're going to be a Christian any amount of time at all, you're going to face something in your life. Man, I wish everybody got out of their way. I wish you could just wear a t shirt and I'm a Christian, leave me alone. But that don't happen. You ever had, you ever went to school and somebody put that paper on your back and said, Kick me? I hope it don't happen here at Woodland because I know everything's supposed to be better here. But I'm telling you, it happened where I went to school. Man, somebody, somebody's just mean. Somebody's just this persecution, not only just bullying, but just picking or, or facing obstacles where you feel uncomfortable serving the Lord. If we don't break through that, we're not going to be anything for the Lord. So, Brother Brandon, what do you mean? In spite of persecution, I want you to think about today. You don't have to turn to these scriptures. I promise you I'm in the King James this morning. But in Daniel chapter number 3, we find some boys here that was willing to say, in spite of persecution, I'll serve you. We think about Daniel, but I want to focus today, and I know this was their name given in Babylon, but it's a name that sadly we remember them by more so than their real name. But Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in verse number 16 of Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Verse 18, I love the first three words. It says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image that thou... Has set up. I said brother brandon what did they face that day it wasn't for popularity it wasn't so that they could be seen it wasn't so they could be elevated they were just three boys that had made up their mind that in spite of persecution i'm not going to waver brother josh on what i know is right I said brother brandon it's been it's been said and it's not my my saying but i'll echo it this morning daniel and these three boys man they lived in babylon for a long time but babylon did not live in them one day in their heart I said brother brandon what do you mean they didn't ever let it impact what they'd been taught When you you study this out, and Nebuchadnezzar, he went went for the greatest. He went for the smartest. He went for the the ones that had the most impact. And these these four guys here in this scripture, man, they said, nevertheless, in spite of persecution, I will not allow my God to be defiled. I will not stand for your God. I want you to understand this morning, we've got to be someone who makes no excuses for our faith. We are. There's been times before where I was with somebody, and you say, I don't want to wear a shirt that says I'm with somebody. My wife's uncle's here tonight, and they, they jokingly said, they said, we ought to go on a family cruise one time. That sounds like a disaster to me. But, but I love her family and my family. But they said, we'll all get shirts that said, Brother George, it said the Webb family. I said, if y'all do that, I'm getting one that says I'm not a Webb is what I'm going to wear when I go. But I, I say that, say, this: we've all been in situations where you feel like, Brother Brandon, I just want to kind of slide back in the shadow. Maybe when something breaks at home or at a restaurant, you don't want to be the one standing out front that's going to get blamed for it. You want to be the one that slides back and says, I don't know them. I don't know what's going on. I've been to many youth meetings, Brother Jonathan, where stuff's got broke, and I disappeared because I didn't want to be the one blamed for it or at all. I was at the beach one time, Brother Tim. A boy's head went through the drywall, shoulder deep, wrestling on the bed. I exited the building very quickly, and I said, man, what was that noise? I got, I got sheetrock dust all over me too from wrestling. I, I don't have a clue how that happened, Brother Vic, but this day and this, this time here this, in this scripture, man, these three boys, they were noticed. They stuck out. You take a whole crowd that bows down, here's three boys standing up in the middle of a field saying, you know what, we're not going to bow. If you're going to live for the Lord, you're going to stick out. You're going to look different. You're going to be kind of like a kid. We took paintball in one time, wore a bright red T-shirt play paintball in the woods. Didn't work for him. His own team was shooting him just because he was foolish enough to wear a bright red T-shirt play paintball. I thought about this. If you're going to be someone that makes excuses for your faith, you're never going to have an impact for the Lord. These boys stood out. I try to live this in my personal life, and I've shared this here before, but if I've got to tell you, Billy Caleb, that I'm a Christian, I'm not much of a Christian. But when you can see it in my life, that's when I'm a Christian. Not when I wear a suit and a tie, and I go into a place, and I'm, you know, I order fried chicken like every Baptist does. You sit down, and you get and say, man, he must be a Baptist preacher. He's eating fried chicken and Cracker Barrel and asking for seconds and complaining about everything. But I, I think about this, and... You say, he's got to be Baptist. No, I'm talking about when somebody walks in, they say, hey, well, you pray for me? I know you've been with the Lord. I, I can tell your youth group's on fire for the Lord. I don't know where you're going, but maybe you've got a T-shirt on or something. They say, I can just tell by the way you pray for your food. Something special about your youth group. What would that be like to have a church? that says, you know what? I know, I know you go to a good church because of your prayer life. I've watched you at work. I've watched you at school. If you're going to be someone that says, you know what? In spite of persecution, I'll serve you. Nevertheless, I'll serve you. We're going to have to get to that point. I thought about this, when we stand up, we will stand out. I said that, but I want to encourage you to keep standing. These boys were easy to spot this day, but they were simply trying to make a difference for Christ. I wish you didn't have to face persecution in your life. One day you're going to have jobs, families, and life's going to come. I understand what you face as a teenager. You're going to be sitting in this congregation supporting this pastor, raising your family. And the only way you're going to make it and have a successful and a godly family is to be able to say, you know what, In spite of persecution. Come what may, nevertheless... I'm going to serve you. I believe if our, if our Savior can pray that, I believe I ought to strive to pray that as well. The illustration I have of this is, is something that's found in my mom's house. And Brother Wayne, I shared this at Brother John's, but I love my mom. I'm a mama's boy. You can call me a wimp, whatever you want to, but I love her. Now, my dad, you can have him. No, I'm just kidding. I love him too, but and my mom, she's special to me. I go to war. There's a lot of fellas I'm scared of, but I ain't scared of nobody when it comes to my wife or my mom or my little boys. But My mom, she, is effect, she, is a, 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 she has a... Um, I guess you'd call it a hoarding of lighthouses. She's got more lighthouses in her house than, than the state of North Carolina has on the shore. I mean, every room, we got lighthouse salt shakers, lighthouse toilet paper, ho- toilet paper holders, we got a lighthouse. There's a lot different. There's night lights in every socket of lighthouses, and you get dizzy going in there because all the lights is going around, but she loves lighthouses. Now, I begin to think about that and apply this to this, this point. You know, that's exactly what living nevertheless in spite of persecution, that makes your life like one of those lighthouses. Those lighthouses are designed for one purpose, it's to be the last point of hope to help somebody from hitting the rocks at the outer banks or up north. It's there to be a warning sign. Say, Brother Brandon, why should I have a desire to live in spite of persecution? Nevertheless, I'll serve you, because somebody's life's depending on it. You say, why are our pastors stand on Sunday morning? Why, are they, why do they preach their guts out and stand up here and go And whether they be at faith or here or wherever because they're warning somebody that danger's coming? Man, if I had a group of young people, and I'm thankful for mine, if I in my own life would say, you know what, nevertheless, in spite of persecution, I'm willing to be that lighthouse in somebody's life. I'm willing to help them. I'm willing, Brother Josh, to be there. I believe God will help us. Your life matters to somebody. Right before they hit danger, there you are. I wonder who's going to be in heaven because of us this morning. I know where I'm going, but this is just where God's got me. I wonder, Brother Ashton, who's going to walk up to me one day in heaven, not because of my power, but because of something that I didn't even know that I did in my life. And they said, because you're willing to stand, I give my heart to Christ, and now I'm in heaven. Then on the other side of that, I, I, I worry that one day I'm going to watch somebody not be in heaven and being cast in hell, and they're going to say, if you would have stayed, I would have been in heaven. Let me tell you, I want to make a difference in spite of persecution not only that, but thinking about what in our life should we have to say in spite of. Brother Jonathan, I encourage you and I encourage Brother Tim as well. It'd be easy to pack this place every service you have. I know you have a great number here on Sunday. And say, Brother Brandon, I wonder what in the world would get a bigger crowd. You change two or three standards, you'd have a bigger crowd. But it wouldn't be worth anything. If I can encourage you. Say, Brother Brandon, it sure would be easier for me on visitation to get five more bus routes if we changed a couple of things that ain't worth changing. Say, Brother Brandon, it sure would be worth it if I could do that. Let me tell you, in spite of persecution, somebody may say, I'm not going to the Woodland Baptist Church. Man, there's construction going around here every time. They got a nightmare down there at that exit ramp. I don't ever want to come to Royal Hall. I don't want to go to that church because something's different about that church. Let me encourage you. You keep standing because when the rest of this mess quits, you're going to still be here. and God's going to be doing things in your life. Young people, you say, I sure would like to go to this meeting or this church, because man, there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of people there. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. You ought to be thankful. You ought to be thankful that God allows you to be in a place like this. It's going to matter in your life. But not only in spite of persecution, but I wrote this down as well. Thinking about that word nevertheless and what it meant. In spite of, I think, number two, in spite of my age, I'll serve the Lord. You can look at it again. You can take your Bible or you can stay with me. But in 2 Kings 22, you know it very well. My youngest son is named after this young man. we got a little seven-month-old named Josiah. Now, I ain't sure if he's spiritual yet or not. He wants to get up in the middle of the night, Brother Tim, and spit up on me all the time. But I'm hoping he turns out to be a mighty man of God. Right now, he's still using the bathroom and his diaper and, and eating all the time. That's pretty much all he does, Brother Vic. But we're praying for him. But we find a young man here in 2 Kings 22. Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedediah, the daughter of Adiah and Bashkath, Verse number 2. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So Brother Brandon he's 8 years old. That's a big deal. Is anybody here this morning 8 years old? Anybody at all? Anybody eight years old, anybody seven, we'll round up to eight. You all know how old you are in here this morning. Right there, we got eight-year-old right back there. It'd be like this, this, young, this young lady becoming the President of the United States. And right now, that might not be a bad thing. I mean, I, I mean now, right now, we got a good one. I'm just saying in the future, I'm just saying I think she could do just as good sometimes in that. But listen, I'm praying for everybody. But think about that. That's a, that's a, that's a huge obligation, Brother Vic, to be eight years old and to rule a nation. Most eight year olds are just gonna sit and do what they're told like we're supposed to and just say, Listen, I have no clue what I'm doing. I need some help. That's what I do. But this young man in verse number two said, and he did that which was right. Similar so Brand Brandon, and his dad taught me, No, study his history. they had been several years since somebody had really instilled in his life. He says he'd done that which was right in his father's David. He went back, you studied your scripture and how they found the scriptures and how they began to, to do things right and put things back in place, but he was only eight years old. I mean, if you live your life, you say, "You know what? I'd I've serve." I've, I've, I've heard this with Tim, and I've seen it many times. I would serve the Lord, but I'm only this year old. Or well, the complete opposite: I would serve the Lord, but I'm way too old. Let me tell you: if you're still breathing this morning, and hopefully all of you are, but God's got something for you to do. God's got something for you to do. In spite of my age, I'll serve the Lord. I'd stand for the Lord, but I'm only this year old. I'm only this old, or I'm too old. Jesus said, nevertheless, in spite of, though be as it may, I'll go to the cross. And if he can say that for me, I believe, Brother Brian, in my life, I can say, you know what, I can live for the Lord in spite of my age. Secondly, this this morning, under this heading, I, I thought about not only, I hear the excuse, I would stand for the Lord, but I'm only, but I also hear, I would stand for the Lord, but my parents, or but my friends or but my grandparents or, sadly, sometimes but my church isn't willing to stand. Can I encourage you, no matter how old you are, old or young, whether nobody else does or not, you ought to be willing to stand for the Lord. Make a difference for the Lord. You, can change, you can't change what you're dealt. Man, I, I, I love playing cards when I win. UNO and that kind of stuff. I don't know how to play any other kind of cards, but I like UNO really good and UNO Attack and whatever other kind of UNOs they got. But, man, sometimes you get those cards, you flip them over and you're wanting all wild cards, but all you got is numbers, and that stinks because you're fixing to get your tail whooped in UNO. Nobody likes having bad. You can't help what you're dealt. The dealer dealt him. You can whine and complain, say that he cheated like every Baptist does, and say, listen, I, 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 I didn't like what I was dealt. I can't help what I was dealt. I can't help. Listen, I was born into a great family, and I'm thankful for that. And I was, I was born into a great church, and I'm thankful for that. But listen, if even if you're not born into that, or whether you are born into that, you can't change what you are, but you can change what you're going to become for the Lord. How do you make that decision? You're going to have to get some neverthelesses in your life. Nevertheless, I'll serve him in spite of my age. He did things right. Don't look at them. Look to him. You can't change what you're dealt, but you can choose. You can choose for yourself. One of the messages that I preached, one of the first messages I preached at Faith for everyone on staff there was entitled beating the odds. You can take the scripture and understand and I preached a message on how to beat the odds as a young person because odds are, if we took this number this morning, Lee, odds are somebody's going to quit. Odds are somebody's going to rebel. Odds are somebody's going to walk away. And odds are somebody's going to lower their standards. Not just young people, but adults in here as well. But I encourage you this morning, do you know that it's okay to beat the odds in your young life? It is. Say, so Brother Brandon, can I really make it? Listen, I want you to know, I know these three preachers right here and others here this morning that's standing with you. But if you're willing to stand, I'll stand with you. If you're willing to stand, there'll be somebody in your corner you say, Brother well, Brandon, David was a great man. Yeah, but David needed Jonathan sometime in his life. You say, well, Jonathan wasn't really a, a great man of God. Nobody stood behind somebody that was. I'm in your corner. This pastor's in your corner. Let me tell you, you can serve the Lord in spite of your age, and you can beat the odds. Not only that, and I wish I didn't have to preach the third one, Brother Tim, this morning, but I've got to because God didn't take it out of my my message. I wish I could tell you, you know what, go for God. It's going to be great all the time. And in spite of persecution, you just keep standing in spite of of beating the odds. And by the way, by persecution, you say, Brother Brandon, I've never been tempted to worship a nine-foot-tall gold man out in the middle of a field. Well, I ain't either. And that'd be kind of weird if I seen you worshiping some statue out in the middle of a field. But I tell you, we all have little gods in our life. We all have things in our life that's our statue of Nebuchadnezzar. You've got to beat that in spite of persecution. So, Brother Brandon, in spite of persecution and in spite of my age, I'm, I'm willing to serve the Lord, and I'm ready to go. Sign me up. Put me on the mission board outside, and, and I'm ready to do this. But let me tell you the third one, in spite of emptiness, you've got to be willing to serve the Lord. So, Brother Brandon, what does it mean to be empty? If you're a young person this morning, some of you probably faced this, and, and I don't even know about it, but I can tell you, as the older you get, you get to this side of the auditorium, they can tell you something about being empty. These preachers up front can tell you something about being empty. Empty. He said, Brother Brandon, where do you find that in the scripture? You just trust me this morning. You don't have to turn there, but I'm telling you, Luke chapter number 8, we find a woman that was empty. Brother Tim, it says, A woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. You can read the rest of the account. For time's sake, I won't this morning, but I pulled that verse because I, she's, she is someone that God placed in my mind. So I believe literally and I believe my Bible literally. The Bible said she had spent everything she had. I believe by the time she was standing there and the only thing that she owned to her name was the wardrobe that she had on. It said she spent all. All the furniture, all the makeup, all the beauty products, everything. She would given everything. And when she got to the point where she had nothing in her life, when Christ touched her, he gave her everything. If you're serving, a Christ, if you're serving Christ for any amount of time in your life, now listen to me. You say, Brother well, Brand, you've only been a youth pastor at Faith for six years, to be seven years this December, and you've only been preaching since 2009. And I have, but I grew up in a pastor's home, and I've already faced things in my own life that, no sad stories. I'm just telling you, sometimes your Christian life, you're going to feel like you're the only one standing for the Lord. And if you quit at that purpose, you're never going to be anything for Christ. But if you're willing to say, in spite of emptiness, I'll still serve you, God will do something in your life. Say, so Brother Brandon, who's going to be there with me? God will be there with me. You, the, the devil will tell you there's nobody else there with you, but I promise you, if you could open the curtain, you'd have a whole lot of people around you. You'd have some good friends at church. You'd have good preachers and good, and good Sunday school teachers and teachers at school that stood behind you, Brother Jonathan. But I'm encouraged to know that even when I feel like that I'm empty, he's there to fill me. I wrote this down and listened to this. If, if you, anytime you live for Christ, and I said this any amount of time, you will at some point feel empty. Worn out, discouraged, disgusted, disheartened, disappointed. Kind of sounds like our life a lot of times. Disappointed in situations, but if I can just get to him like she did, he will fill me. He will fulfill me. He will satisfy me. He will motivate me. He will sustain me. Let me tell you, he is enough. Don't quit. You say, Brother Brandon, what if if this person don't like me? What if this relationship doesn't work out? He's enough. If I ever get to the point where I can worship him because he is worthy to be worshiped, and that alone, God will do something in our service. Sometimes we come, and listen, I felt good when I came in here. I was nervous. I was walking in the hall about to throw up, Brother Tim, but I got in here, man, those songs, Mr. Lee, and y'all begin to sing, and the girls begin to calm my heart and begin to get my butterflies in formation. I begin to feel, I'm thankful when you get around God's people and God's word is being lifted in song and in word, and it begins to do something in your heart. What happens? It encourages me when I get around God's people, but I'm not always around God's people. I've got to have a personal devotion life and a prayer life that will help me understand that if I'm going to serve him, the Bible said, the Lord said in Luke 22, verse 42, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And if I ever get to the point where I can say, nevertheless, I'll serve you in spite of emptiness, God will do something in my life. Nevertheless, in spite of, no matter what, press on. I thought about this in closing in Luke 22. Jesus was at a point to where he could say either nevertheless, either way. Thy will be done. He was where he needed to be, and he was perfect. We know that. But I ask myself this question, will I say nevertheless, in spite of it all, will I stand for the Lord? The book of Acts tells it like this, Acts 20, verse 24, you know it well, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Say, so Brother Brandon, what's the definition of a Christian life? That pretty much sums it up, Brother Tim. To do my best to tell somebody else about Jesus. Well, Brother Brandon, I don't know they're going to listen. If you'll design your life as the pianist comes this morning, whoever's coming, and I'm done. I have no clue. It's been 10 minutes or 5 minutes, but that's what God had for me to give you this morning. But no matter what happens in my life, how am I going to know if I'm going to be making an impact in somebody else's life? How do I know that I'm going to be supporting my church? How do I know that God's going to do something with my life? Man, I, I want the will of God for my life. I want God to do things in my life. I want God to do something while I'm young. And if that's your prayer, let me tell you, you're going to have to get a prayer of nevertheless. In spite of this, I'll serve you. Now, God, give me three areas that Brother Brandon struggles with. You can be in play whenever you feel comfortable. God, give me three areas in my life that Brother Brandon struggles with. Man, I know what it's like to be a preacher's kid. I'm not, you know, a sad story. You used to hear people say, well, I'm a preacher's kid and life's hard, it is, but it's a whole lot better than being a drug addict's kid. Listen, I'm thankful, listen, I know what it's like to, to, well, I know what it's like to be a preacher's kid, Brother Tim. I know what it's like to hear somebody else say something about your dad that you wanna say in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna bust you in the mouth. I know what it's like to get aggravated. I understand that. But I will tell you this, when I get to a point, Brother Josh, I'm not arrived yet, but I'm, I'm focusing on trying to get there. When I get to the point, I can say, in spite of it, nevertheless, I'm going to serve you instead of persecution. I'm going to serve you instead of my age. In spite of my age, I'm going to serve you in spite of emptiness. God will begin to do something in my life. Brother Jonathan, I, you're one of the dearest. I don't know where you went back there in the back. There's sometimes you say, Brother well, Brandon, you've got a whole lot of friends, and I'm thankful in my church, I do, and other preachers. I feel like if I called them, that that they'd answer their phone, they'd give me their honest opinion. But Brother Jonathan, I had more worldly friends, so to speak, when I wasn't focusing on the things of the Lord, what I thought was friends. But then you start living for the Lord and get your life on track, whether it be in Bible college, whatever it may be, God calls you to preach. You start focusing on living a life for Christ and doing what God wants you to do instead of what you want to do. The friends come few and far between. I have some, one back there, Brother Jonathan, Brother Tim, people that I can, Brother Vic, that I can count on. And I encourage you, when you find that in somebody, you better hold on to it. But you say, Brother Brandon, how can I have that kind of power in my life where somebody would want to come to me with a prayer request? You're going to have to have some neverthelesses in your life in spite of it. You're going to face persecution probably today. We go out that door, go play putt or ice cream, whatever we're doing today, go sell tires. In spite of this, I'm going to face something. Am I going to quit? Or am I going to say, nevertheless, in spite of it, I'm going to do it. We're standing today with our head bowed and our eyes closed. I want to encourage you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior.